Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Guys, today I have a really, really special guest. I have been sitting on the edge of my seat actually for the past few days thinking about interviewing her um, Mm -hmm. because the topic that we're going to be talking about today is all about formula. Everything to do with formula, I think this would easily be a two episode (laughs) um, kind of podcast, but we're going to have to keep it fairly short just because I know that that is what works best for you. However, I have so many questions. I have so many um, things that I want to say about uh, formula feeding and um, the problems with how formula is viewed in society. We're going to be talking about how um, there's such a lack of education around mm-hmm. formula types, the best formulas for you, et cetera, et cetera. And to help me do this, I have brought on Mallory Whitmore to the podcast. So Mallory is a certified infant feeding technician, and she is the founder of The Formula Mom. Listen, guys, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you have to follow her at The Formula Mom. Or is it The Formula Mom or just mm-hmm. at Formula Mom? At the formula mom. Okay. At the formula mom. So go follow her. She's a mother of two and she is passionate about helping mothers make informed and confident formula feeding decisions that make everyone healthy and happy. So welcome to the podcast, Mallory. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege and a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk with you today. Me too. So I love your mission. I love that you are here to help make uh, everyone healthy and happy. I know that, um, you know, that is really, that really resonates with me and my mission when it comes to helping parents make those confident decisions with how they choose to feed their babies. There's mm-hmm. like a whole slew of, you know, back and forth arguments and everything online yeah. with baby led weaning versus purees. And for mm-hmm. me, if you know me, if, you know, if you're listening and you know, my philosophy, baby led feeding, it is all about what is best for you and your baby. And I feel like Mallory, mm-hmm. you are exactly like that when it comes to, yes. you know, zero to six months, how are you choosing mm-hmm. to feed your baby with what type of milk? Mm-hmm. Is it formula or is it breastfeeding? But mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your story. So could you start yeah. a little bit um, with, I guess, just letting us know who you mm-hmm. are, what you do and how you got started with all of this? Yes, absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Mallory. I'm a formula mom on Instagram, TikTok and everything else. And I got started because when I had my daughter five years ago, I had intended to breastfeed, not necessarily because I wanted to breastfeed, but because I felt like that's what, you know, quote unquote, good moms do. So I took the classes and I, you know, read the research and whatever. And our feeding journey just was a hot mess from the start. She was early. I had a C-section. My milk was delayed coming in. She was losing weight. Um, and just, you know, every possible complication, my blood sugar was all over the place. Hers was too every complication that, that you could think about we had, and it made our breastfeeding journey really tough from the start. 
And as a result of that, I started developing symptoms of postpartum depression really quickly because I felt like, gosh, you know, she's here and my, you know, I have two jobs to feed and change this baby and I'm failing at one of them already. And so, you know, I started exclusively pumping, which I could talk for a million hours about that experience. And for me, it was horrible. Um, but it felt like it gave me some sense of control back that I knew at least, you know, what my output was and what her input was and all of that. And she was gaining a little bit better, but it just wasn't sustainable. And we were still going to the doctor every two or three days for weight checks. And it just got to a point where both her pediatrician, my PCP, as well as my OB were like, this is not working. Like, this is not working for her. This is not working for you. And I knew that, but I felt like I, I couldn't quit. Cause like, what would that say about me as a mom? If I quit, like, you know, if the, if the conventional wisdom is that good mom's breastfeed, if I quit, then that must mean I'm not a good mom. So eventually we switched to formula. Everybody was better, but I quickly realized that there was just a total dearth of information about how to formula feed successfully, how to pick a good formula, how to feel good about formula feeding, even just basics about, you know, sterilizing bottles and how long you can keep a bottle out for and how long formula is good for and how to know if formula is working or not. And I was like, how can it be? How can it be that there are a million and a half resources on breastfeeding? And there's basically nothing on formula feeding when the CDC says 75% of families are going to end up using formula by six months. And so I sat on that idea for a good long while because I had a new baby and I was like, I'm in no place to be <laughs> exploring the injustice of the lack of formula feeding information. And then I had my son two and a half years ago, and it was, it was the same experience in that um, there was just a complete lack of information. I thought maybe in those two years that something would have, would have changed or evolved, but it, it wasn't. We decided to formula feed him from the start, which was such a good experience. I'm happy to talk more about that too. Um, but I was really disturbed that there still wasn't high quality information out there for folks that wanted, you know, unbiased supportive formula feeding information. So I spent some time and I went back to school and became a certified infant feeding technician. I also worked at a formula company for a year. Uh, and then launched my platform. And um, I've been doing that for about a year and it's been amazing so far connecting with other families and just filling that gap. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that story. I take myself back, I guess, as you're kind of telling your story and, you know, recalling all the experiences and the feelings that you're fe you mm -hmm. felt, I got to say, like, it put me right back to when I had my first son and I had actually no problems breastfeeding in terms mm -hmm. of producing milk. I had yeah. all the milk in the world. Okay. <laughs> in fact, it was excess for sure. And I'm a dietitian, and you would think mm -hmm. that this would be the most natural and the most joyful and just most intuitive, enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. And it actually wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. I breastfed my son for six months mm -hmm. and I had a horrible time the whole way mm -hmm. through it. And again, as a dietitian, I think that I get a lot of extra flack, you know, from people <laughs> who can't seem to understand why that would be the case. A, I quote mm -hmm. unquote, know better. And B, yeah. you had no problems producing milk. So why mm -hmm. on earth would you, you know, have such trouble? And why would you eventually want to switch mm -hmm. over to formula? And I think for me, what I like to tell people is like, I know that there was a lot, I learned actually through that experience, mm -hmm. there was a lot more to making that decision than mm -hmm. what meets the eye. 
And yeah. And it really wasn't just about, you know, let's just say fact is true. Breast milk is the Mm -hmm. best thing for your baby. Absolutely. That doesn't mean it's always the best for your, the Mm -hmm. mom. And you have to take into account the larger context of your family environment, your Mm -hmm. stress levels, you know, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, your time, you know, are you going back to work in a couple weeks, support like a million and one reasons, let alone pain Mm -hmm. and inability to breastfeed. And so for me, I ended up having mastitis, um, Mm -hmm. twice throughout the process. The last time putting me over the edge. I was in so much pain. I was in tears constantly. I constantly had clogged ducts. I just couldn't Mm -hmm. seem to get away from it. And I remember going into my doctor's office and finally having the courage to Mm -hmm. ask. And I felt like I needed to ask, I will say, for -hmm. permission. Is it okay if I switch to formula? Mm -hmm. Right. And, And this was at six months. Yeah. And my doctor looked at me and she said to me, Edwina, you know better you know that formula is an inferior form of nutrition for your baby. You know better. Oh my gosh. I hate that. I hate that for you and for anybody. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. And I felt already so overwhelmed, so scared, so stressed. And I was just looking for a kind word. I was looking Mm -hmm. for support. And instead I got that answer. And I got to tell you, Mallory, Mm-hmm. I was raging. <laughs> I yeah. was raging. And I went mm-hmm. straight down to the pharmacy, like downstairs in the building. Mm-hmm. And I bought my first can of formula mm-hmm. and I never turned back. Yeah. And the reason why I tell this story is because I understand from both a mother, like from being mm-hmm. a mother, that there are, like I said, so many reasons and mm-hmm. experiences that we can't come to, you know, just pretend to understand and, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of turn this into a black and white situation. And I also understand as a dietitian that there is so much information out there that needs to be put out on formula to help people make informed choices, which I'll ask you a question about in a sec, Mm -hmm. but that's not being done. And I feel like there's a big injustice being being made there. So let me ask you this, I guess, Mm -hmm. in your own words, in your own experience, Why do you think that formula use is stigmatized so much? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And it's a very loaded question. <laughs> um, you know, in my perspective, I think what we've seen is a, a big swing of the pendulum where, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even early to mid 80s, formula use was really normalized and breastfeeding was really stigmatized. Um you know, formula feeding was thought to be more of an upper class thing because you could afford it. You didn't have to, you know, quote unquote, ruin your body by breastfeeding. And so there was a stigma against breastfeeding because of that. Then we saw the Breast is Best campaign and the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative in the late 90s and early 2000s. And the pendulum has swung completely in the other direction where now you have breastfeeding tied in also to the attachment parenting movement which has gained steam in that same time frame, And it, it has really switched where now you see that folks of means tend to have higher breastfeeding rates because they can afford to take longer time off or they have a salaried career, which means they aren't, you know, deducted wages for pumping breaks and things like that. So it's, it's complicated. I think certainly we need to find a middle ground where, you know, everybody is making the choice that makes sense for them. Um, though I recognize that there's like a public health component of how you feed your baby that affects everybody. Um, 
but yeah, I think, I think it comes back to the breast is best movement, pushing a little bit too far, you know, not recognizing that there's a way to talk about the benefits of breast milk and the benefits of breastfeeding without demonizing formula. And I think also there, there's a piece to it that feels like when we have mothers who don't have an identity outside of motherhood, a piece of that can be what you are able to offer your baby. That can be a big piece of your identity and your worth. And so when we tie that worth, uh, what can I produce? What can I offer my baby to our identity? Then breastfeeding, which is a huge way that you can, you know, offer yourself in service to your baby gets tied in there. And so um, I don't know if any of that made sense, but I think, yeah, I think there's also too, just a lot of misinformation about what formula is what's in formula, why certain things are in formula. I think it's related to sort of a push that we are seeing on the whole towards farm to table and wanting cleaner, less processed food for all of us. And that as a result, there's been some confusion and some misinformation about what's in formula and why. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Could you elaborate a bit on what some of that confusion and misinformation around formula is? Like maybe what are Mm -hmm. the most common myths that you kind of encounter on a day-to-day basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the biggest one that I encounter that I have to debunk constantly is why would I give my baby formula? It's full of sugar. And folks don't realize that breast milk is full of lactose and that that's a carbohydrate and that babies need carbohydrates. So formula has sugar because breast milk has sugar. I think, you know, in my opinion, the best formulas also use lactose because we want that same, you know, lower glycemic index carbohydrate that babies are biologically designed to digest. But regardless, all formulas are going to have sugar, quote unquote, I put it in quotes because it's not always sucrose. It's not always like table sugar. You know, sometimes it'll be maltodextrin or glucose syrup solids or whatever else, but formula has to have sugar. It has to have carbohydrates because breast milk has sugar. Breast milk has carbohydrates because babies need carbohydrates in order to grow and develop and function and move and, and thrive. So literally the main fuel source mm -hmm, for them. Like that's how their brain accepts. Absolutely. Um, The other, the other one I get some questions about our plant-based oils. So if you look at the back of a formula container, you might notice that there's soybean oil or there's palm oil, or there's sunflower or safflower oil. And parents will say, okay, I try to avoid soybean oil in my diet. Why would I be, why would I want to use a formula that has this, or should I feel comfortable using a formula that has this? And what I always tell parents then is that, you know, we know that the composition of breast milk in terms of essential fatty acids doesn't look like the composition of cow milk or goat's milk and babies need those essential fatty acids. And they also need fat for their brain development. And so plant-based oils are a great way to provide a well-rounded essential fatty acid composition that matches what we find in breast milk. And so a lot of it is just education, helping parents understand what the composition of breast milk actually looks like, which then allows them to understand why all of the ingredients that we find in formula are there for a reason to provide those same benefits that breast milk provides. And certainly, you know, you could talk about, okay, coconut oil versus soybean oil or, um, you know, organic versus not organic and things like that. And of course, you know, I always encourage parents to look at the ingredients and that there is a formula out there that that you can be comfortable with based on the ingredients. They're all going to provide the same nutrition in terms of, you know, the amount of protein or carbs or vitamin A or whatever. They all provide that same nutrition, but the ingredients where they source that nutrition can vary substantially formula to formula. 
And so find a formula that has ingredients that you feel comfortable with, but no, any formula has ingredients included because it needs to mimic the composition of breast milk. There's nothing in there just like for fun, for poison. And I think sometimes, especially if parents aren't familiar with reading labels and they see, you know, chemical names that they don't understand, they might not realize like, that's just the chemical name for vitamin E, you know, that's just the chemical name for phosphorus or whatever. Um, it's, it's not necessarily chemicals in a scary sense. You know, that's just the scientific name for these vitamins and minerals and other nutrients. For sure. And I think, um, I'm definitely going to get into a little bit more about the types Mm -hmm. of formulas that are out there in just a sec, but I want to, I love what you were saying about, you know, so many different types of formulas, you will find one that is good for you that you're okay with, which Mm -hmm. I think is a really big misconception. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because like, I will say I did work for a formula company as well for a Mm -hmm. a year. And my job was the dietitian that goes Mm -hmm. around and educates doctors on the different types of formula and Uh also the nutrition that a baby needs. And we Mm -hmm. talked a lot about starting solids and, and there was a lot of that as well. But I will say that being the person that comes from a formula company, mm-hmm. doctors didn't want to see me. They didn't want to let me in their offices. They didn't want to talk to me, you know, and they didn't even want me to drop off pamphlets. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was that they weren't informed mm-hmm. around what's out there. Yep. And they had no idea about the changes and the updates mm-hmm. to different products. And they didn't know what was the best recommendation for their patients. Mm -hmm. And it kind of became this cover your ears, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, cover your eyes, plug your ears, la, 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 la. Like if I pretend you're not there, I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to hope it goes away and everyone breastfeeds forevermore. And that approach, although, and you mentioned this before, you know, the breastfeeding movement, breast is best movement. I hundred percent would love Mm -hmm. everyone to breastfeed and for it to be, you know, um, stress-free and for it to be, Mm -hmm. um, an enjoyable process and for it to Mm be, um, something that you can produce breast milk in, in abundance in the perfect Mm -hmm. amount and that your baby latches and everything is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I want that support for, for moms Mm -hmm. to be able to breastfeed. That is for sure a huge Mm -hmm. thing. However, that being said, because it's not for everyone Mm -hmm. and that's a fact, And because, as you said, there are so many people out there, like a huge percentage of people that are formula feeding, it's critical that we have the information to be able to support those Mm -hmm. moms as well, right? And not leave them in the dark and say, Mm -hmm. figure it out on their own. Because that's that's horrible. I mean, for any health professional, we know our patients are first, right? Mm -hmm. So I think for sure being informed is very, very important. So can you talk to us mm-hmm. about why formula support matters and what that could look like for, mm-hmm. for doctors and for other health professionals and mm-hmm. in how they educate their patients? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point here, which is this mistaken idea that if somehow we don't provide information about formula, that people aren't going to formula feed. We clearly know based on the statistics that that's not the case. I liken it to like abstinence only education. Like, in fact, what ends up happening is people use formula, but they do so incorrectly and unsafely. (laughs) And that's not what we want. So I think that there has to be a way to find a balance where we're promoting breastfeeding. We're giving people the information and support they need to breastfeed successfully, especially if they want to breastfeed. But we're also making sure that we are keeping families safe, whether that's, you know, infants in terms of avoiding failure to thrive from low milk supply, or whether that's in terms of 
mothers with postpartum depression by providing decent formula education. I'm not even talking about, you know, formula education that is as robust as breastfeeding education. Certainly there's not a framework for that, but just basic education. Um, you know, maybe that looks like a provider asking what sort of information about formula a parent wants to have before birth or directly after maybe it's providing, um, parents with a packet of information and saying like, here's this packet. If you don't need it, that's great. Mm -hmm. Put it in a closet somewhere. But if you do need it better to have it than not have it, you know, low pressure, we're not encouraging formula use, you know, we're not like, you know, going and promoting and pushing it down people's throats, but saying 75% of people are going to end up wanting this information. If that happens to be you, here's where you can find it. Mm -hmm. I always encourage folks when they're pregnant and I'll get messages from people that are like, I don't know if I want a formula feed or not, but where should I start? And I'm like, yes. I think that's great. You know, just holding it all with an open hand, you know, however this feeding journey turns out is okay. And I always encourage them to just start thinking now about what's important to you in a formula, because you don't want to be like I was, which was two weeks postpartum. It's 9 PM. I'm standing in the formula aisle. I'm sobbing. I'm like trying to hide in case anybody, you know, dare anybody see me in there being a terrible mom in the formula aisle, completely overwhelmed, right? Cause there's like 50 different varieties of formula. So don't wait until you're at that point to figure out what you want in a formula, do some research while you're pregnant. Even if you don't intend to use it, it's better to have a container that you don't need, mm-hmm. um, than to need it and not have it. And so do your research, figure out what's important to you in a formula, figure out where you can buy it, figure out what's cost-effective, do that information while you still have some brain cells versus, you know, when you're newly postpartum and everything is a blur. So absolutely. I would love to see a little bit of formula education covered in your prenatal breastfeeding classes. I would love to see some formula education covered in your discharge class at the hospital before you leave. And in that packet that they give you again, not even necessarily formula promotion, but just formula basics about how to choose a formula, how to prepare a formula safely, how to clean your bottles, how to store it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think just making a, a parent, a mom feel really comfortable mm-hmm. with being able to come to you and ask questions. Like, yes, you absolutely. know, if, if you think about it, it really should be that, like, it shouldn't be what I experienced by any means no. where you're afraid mm-hmm. and holding and holding and holding off. And then you're like, maybe I'll say this one little yeah. thing. And then and it then does you're shot down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think really, even if we weren't, even if you didn't get a packet, you know, early mm-hmm. on, how about, listen, if you have any questions or if at any point you're feeling mm-hmm. overwhelmed or if at any point you're feeling like you may want to explore this option, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I have help. I have resources. I can help, you know, mm-hmm. navigate, help you navigate through this and answer your questions. Yeah. Cause that's exactly, I feel like what I, what I would have mm-hmm. wanted to hear. And so I, again, I think there's this really fine, but needed balance that Mm -hmm. has to be there between, of course, promoting breastfeeding, educating people Mm -hmm. on breastfeeding, giving them that support, having, you know, help in the home, ideally, like Mm -hmm. having someone come a lactation consultant and help you. I think that's so amazing. And I fully advocate for programs like that. Mm -hmm. And I want more of it, but it doesn't have to come with shaming and mm-hmm. ignoring the needs of a mother who is not going to breastfeed. You yep. take that example and you apply it in any other mm-hmm. parenting decision that you want to make. And yep. imagine, imagine someone saying, well, mm-hmm. if you're making that decision, you're cut mm-hmm. off. Like I'm not yep. going to help you. Like that's just mm-hmm. crazy to me. So yeah, yeah I, I fully agree with you. This might be a good time to have you kind of walk us through some of the different categories of formula that are out there. I know again, when I was 
when I was really in this world, I was so surprised to learn. And I actually found Mm -hmm. it, it really made sense. The different types in terms of like the composition of the formula Mm -hmm. are like reduced lactose, some are amino acid based, like what Mm -hmm. are the different things that you need to look Mm -hmm. for? And what do you start with? Yeah. Great question. And you're right. There are so many different kinds and most parents and most providers, like you were mentioning, aren't super aware of the differences or when to recommend a certain kind versus another. So I always encourage parents to do that research for themselves when they can versus assuming that your pediatrician is going to know because they may not, (laughs) they might be ignoring the Edwinas of the world who are trying to educate them. Um, But yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned briefly, before all formulas are going to offer the same nutrition in terms of those macronutrients and micronutrients, the FDA requires that. So if you're using an FDA approved us formula, it's going to provide the same nutrition, how the formula provides that nutrition can vary so much. So, you know, just like you can get protein from salmon, or you can get protein from lentils Mm -hmm. in a formula, you can get protein from cow's milk, or you can get protein from soy outside of the U S you can also get protein from goat's milk, or you can get protein from peas Mm -hmm. even. Um, so formulas differ in terms of the ingredients that they use to provide that protein in terms of where folks should start. I always recommend starting with what I call a standard formula. And this is a formula that is least modified, um, and most similar to breast milk. So something that is cow milk based that has added whey protein, because we know that breast milk has 60% ish whey protein. Cow milk only has 20%. So if your formula does not have added whey protein, number one, it's not as close to breast milk as it could be. And number two, your baby might be constipated. So cow milk based extra whey protein, and then has lactose as the carb source. Cause we know that's the predominant carb source in breast milk. And then I tend to tell parents to look for things like DHA and ARA, which are important essential fatty acids for brain development and eye health, prebiotics and probiotics, um, really good for developing that gut microbiome, can help reduce things like gas and discomfort and colic symptoms. Um, And then we're starting to see some more like designer ingredients, things like uh, lactoferrin and milk fat membrane globule. I hate that word globule. Mm. I like, I'm always like, I don't think I'm saying this right. Um, things like that. So start with a standard formula. The majority of babies, like 80% of babies are going to do fine on a formula like that. Um, and that's like your Enfamil NeuroPro, Bobby. Um, if you have listeners outside the U S or who you're interested in European formulas, that's like hip Dutch or hip German, things like that. If your baby struggles on those sorts of formulas, either with constipation or with like really excess gas or discomfort, then we tend to look at something with gentler protein. And so that's either protein that's broken down called partially hydrolyzed or extensively hydrolyzed or has 100% whey protein or has a two beta casein proteins. So just, it modifies the protein a bit so that it's not quite so harsh on the belly. Mm. So I tend to encourage folks to look at that first. If that doesn't work, then we go to a sensitive pro- or excuse me, a sensitive formula, which has both gentle protein and reduced lactose. Those are formulas that typically will use maltodextrin or corn syrup solids or glucose syrup in place of some or all of the lactose. If your baby doesn't do well on that, or if you're seeing like really extreme symptoms like blood in the stool, projectile vomiting, globs of mucus in the stool, full body rash or eczema, you might need a hypoallergenic formula. And these are formulas that where the protein has been broken down to such an extent that the hope is the body doesn't even recognize them as proteins. They're broken down roughly like 93%. So 
really extensively hydrolyzed. They tend to be lactose-free in case there's any like spare byproduct of milk protein that might be attached to the lactose. Um, the majority of folks with cow milk protein allergy will do well on that. Occasionally you have a baby that that 93% broken down is not enough. And so then you would go to a, an amino acid or an elemental formula where there's no protein at all, just those amino acid building blocks that could create protein. And those are sort of the, the last step for a baby that really, really needs something so incredibly broken down that, mm-hmm. that they won't react to it. So it's really a process. And, and sometimes it's a lot of trial and error about, you know, where to start in that sort of spectrum or that continuum. And as much as sometimes parents will, will want to say, okay, well, I don't want to start at the top and have to go through potentially five formulas. Why can't I start at, you know, hypoallergenic? And I'm like, you can in the sense that it provides appropriate nutrition, but it's going to be more expensive. Number one, it's going to be harder to find. And the further down that you know, that continuum you get, the further you're getting from breast milk, because you're just breaking it down to components and components and components. So, and not very many babies are going to need those really, really broken down formulas. So I always encourage folks to sort of start at the top. Yeah. And just to interject really quick, I also know that like, it's harder for babies to be able to then move up. So Mm -hmm. if they're only used to having an amino acid based formula, then all of a sudden you start introducing intact Mm -hmm. proteins and they're like, what is this? I don't know how to digest this, you know? And, um, same thing with lactose as well. If there's no need to have a lactose free formula, Mm -hmm then let your, their digestive system Mm -hmm. be introduced to lactose and get used to it and Mm -hmm. be able to actually tolerate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add a a little note here too, which is that so many folks will reach out to me and they'll be like, I think my baby's lactose intolerant, you know, especially if they themselves are lactose intolerant. And I'm like, no, (laughs) most likely your baby is not lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's such a huge misconception. And I understand it, right? Because as adults, if we have an issue with milk, it almost as always actually is the lactose, but because breast milk is full of lactose, babies are born with lactase enzyme. They're meant to digest lactose. So that's why sort of that continuum goes, you know, change the protein first before you change that carbohydrate, because by and large, I mean, 98% ish of babies aren't going to have a problem with the lactose. (laughs) Um, So no, if you're listening. Don't think if your baby's having an issue that it's immediately lactose. It's almost always the protein. Oh, love, love, love that you busted that myth. I have a question about um, the European formulas, mm-hmm. base formulas. I yeah. I don't know a whole lot, but I do hear that. I know they have different regulations. Mm-hmm. They do. And I hear that um, some of them are healthier mm-hmm. than the ones that are produced in the US or Canada mm-hmm. or wherever. So can you explain a little bit about what the differences mm-hmm. are and are they actually better for you? Yeah. So this one gets a little tricky, right? Because everybody wants the best for their baby. And especially if you're coming from a place of feeling guilty that you can't provide what everybody tells you is actually best, which is breast milk. Of course you want next best. Um, and that leads a lot of people to European formula and the regulations are different. And in a lot of ways, the, the regulations in Europe are stricter. So for example, they don't allow any sort of corn syrup or corn syrup solids. They limit the use of sucrose table sugar. They have much stricter limits for things like pesticide residue. They require non-GMO and organic when possible. They require higher levels of DHA. The FDA doesn't actually require DHA at all at this point, things like that. They allow goat's milk where the U S does not. So on the surface, of course, you're like, yes, I want that. 
And what I always encourage parents with is that just because the FDA does not require those same things does not mean that there are not formulas in the U.S. that have those things. So if you want to import, that's fine. There are risks to importing, particularly around transit time and temperature of transit. Um, And, you know, if there's a recall, you may not hear about it. Your instructions might be in German, which can lead to user error. So there are risks to importing. But if you want to do it, I would certainly never begrudge anybody for that. But if you don't want to import, but you want that higher quality, there are formulas in the U.S. that meet that higher quality. You just have to sort of piece apart what's marketing, you know, oh, this is close Mm -hmm. to breast milk. This supports immunity versus, you know, digging into what is the carbohydrate source in this formula? Is it lactose only? Like, is this organic or non-GMO? How much DHA is in this? And you have to call the formula manufacturer. They don't even put that on the label, how much DHA is in there. And so it takes a little bit of digging, but I did a uh, post on my page, gosh, probably two months ago that has some European formula swaps, essentially of like, if you were looking at this European formula, but you're actually not comfortable importing, here's a, a US equivalent that meets a lot of these same standards, even though it, you know, it's above and beyond what the FDA requires. Oh, I love that. Maybe we'll link that in the show. Yeah, sure. I can send it. And yeah. And then we can direct people there. Um, Mm -hmm. This is so, so informative. I, like I said, I knew I would be (laughs) wanting Mm -hmm. to extend this for like another two hours, but I do want to kind of end it with one question that I think Mm -hmm. is really important. What advice do you have for moms who are pregnant or maybe who just Mm -hmm. had a baby, or maybe even just what advice would you have given yourself if you can kind of talk to yourself when you were pregnant? Oh man. Yeah. I think the main advice that I would have given myself is to, I guess the two things, number one is to like write your plans in pencil. It is okay. And I'd say this to people with birth plans too. It is okay to have a plan. It is good to do your research and to have an idea of how you want things to go, but it is wiser to take the information that you have at the time and to change your mind based on that information. If that information requires it, then it is to stick to a plan that does not work for you. Mm. You know, sometimes I know I can feel like, oh, that's weakness if I let go of a plan that I had. When in reality, it's wisdom. It's wisdom to take the information that you have and let it inform what you're doing. Because there's no way before you have that baby to have all the information you need to make that decision. So um, that's number one, write your plans in pencil, knowing that, you know, the situation, the circumstances after you have that baby might necessitate that that plan changes and that's okay. And then the second thing I would say is there is so much more to your baby's healthy development than what you feed them. And don't sacrifice all of those other things in order to keep providing breast milk. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, nutritionally breast milk is the gold standard for what you can give your baby. Of course, there are benefits to breast milk that formula can't replicate. But if you are trying to provide those benefits of breast milk at the expense of like, being able to sing to your baby because you're depressed and disassociated, mm-hmm. that benefit of breast milk is not worth it. <laughs> that, that cost is too high. And so um, I would tell myself like, this is what's most important. You know, it's important that you're healthy. It's important that you're getting enough sleep. It's important that you can look at your baby and not be resentful of your baby because they're hungry again. Focus on those higher level important things. If you can do those and give breast milk, that's amazing. That's awesome. More power to you. But if giving breast milk is requiring you to sacrifice these other things that we know are important for development, let it go. Let it go. It's not worth worth the cost. At least it wouldn't have been for me. 
it wasn't for me. Heck, I'm here. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Mallory, thank you so much. This has been so, so informative. And I just loved having this conversation with you. I know, like we mentioned in the beginning, everyone can follow you at The Formula Mom. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll link your website as well. Uh, and yeah, I hope to have you back on the, on the podcast. Absolutely. I would love it. I'm, you know, I'm with you. I could talk about this forever and I'm sure folks will have questions too. Um, so yes, I would love to come back and talk more. Amazing. We'll make it happen. Thank you. Thank you.